Founder of Gnosis, again, really playing actively in the crypto space. He come on, uh, raised, uh, sold 4% of a Gnosis in a token issuance, uh, depending on the value of Ethereum at any time when you're valuing it, you know, 12 million bucks, maybe 50 million bucks, depending on what it's at. But actively playing in the space, uh, really trying to decentralize things like sports betting. So we'll see how it goes. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 768. Coming up tomorrow morning, we learn from Tran Hung, another crypto interview. And I said, what? Tran said, do this to use your crypto coins to shop at Walmart. That's what this company does. Very interesting way to exchange your crypto to actually use it in the real world. Tune in to find out how you can do it. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Martin Kopelman. He is the co-founder and CEO of Gnosis, a decentralized platform for prediction markets. He's been an entrepreneur and thought leader in the blockchain space for more than four years. He's closely related to prediction markets in his work on decentralized market-driven governance mechanisms like Foodarchy and research about blockchain scalability mechanisms. Martin, are you ready to take us to the top? Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so you, you you got into you got into crypto and blockchain like four years ago. Tell me how you got into it. Uh, well, back then it was only Bitcoin, <laughs> so Bitcoin was the the reason to to go into that space. Um, I it was a little bit curious, so I, I was at the time. Um, getting more into what what money actually is so it was at the time uh when when the euro was well in a little bit trouble there were all those huge bailout things and and i was trying to figure out what 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 does those things even mean and what does money even mean what does it mean if, if those huge amounts are flowing around there and well then that's how i figured out about bitcoin and that's possible to create very different forms of money uh, and that excited me back then and so fast forward to today what gnosis is your company what is it and uh and uh, what does it do yeah so this is the whole space evolved and um now it's it's not only about money and it, it's about blockchain and a new form to organize the internet and a new form to um create platforms so to us, blockchain is, will, or we, we assume that it will bring as much change as the internet did brought 20 years ago. Um, so Gnosis is one of hopefully many um, decentralized platforms. So that's what we assume will happen. We assume that every platform that exists today, Uber, Airbnb, eBay, will be re replaced eventually by decentralized platforms. And Gnosis is a platform a decentralized platform uh, for prediction markets. And prediction markets are basically just um, a range of uh, yeah financial financial products that can range from from betting, from by, uh, options to insurances and a few more. So, who are you? Like, name a company today that you hope to replace over the next five years by decentralizing it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, on the sp sports betting side, that would be Betfair. That's the biggest. Um, betting exchange, um, then it's, um, I mean, so we, we are really going for lots of new markets. So I think it's always easier if there's new technology to, 
to create completely new stuff and then later you uh, and then later this technology will replace yeah but martin tell me like part of why i'm asking for a current example is to help people relate so like your core thesis is that a centralized platform like uber where the king is the ceo of uber or queen you're decentralizing right so like name a few other platforms that exist today that you hope to decentralize um so uh, with our product we are doing something new but um but again, eBay, Uber, Airbnb, um, all those we assume will be replaced by decentralized. Okay, so you you, uh, you can't give an example that exists today that is specific to what you're going after? Okay, uh, binary options, um, some insurance products, but in general, uh, all kind of information aggregation. So we, um, so instead of having different analysts, posting what will be the next revenue of the company, we will have markets for those things and we will aggregate all the forecasts to to one number. Got it. Okay, good. So, okay, that, that's helpful. Now, talk to me. You, you said before the call, you said, Nathan, I hear your other episodes and you ask money <laughs> questions. I just want you to know we have zero customers and zero revenue. So but we have a team, right. right? So have you raised capital? How are you funding this? Right. So, yeah, we, we, did, a, um, we did one of those token sales. So we issued something that is that will play a role in our platform, uh, a token, and yeah, we sold it. And What's it raised, called? Uh, GNO tokens. GNO no tokens. System. GNO, yeah. GNO tokens. Okay. And how much did you raise? So we sold uh, them for, or we sold a few of them. So four percent of our tokens for twelve point five million dollars. Okay. So you have basically the other ninety six percent of the of those tokens are owned by you or people at the company. Correct. Okay. And so 4% for, you said 12.5 million tokens for people that aren't familiar with blockchain. Like, what does that mean in terms of dollars? Is that 12.5, like United million United States dollars? Yes. I mean, technically we sold them for 250,000 ESA. That's, that's the blockchain currency at the time uh, where we, um, where we did the sale. Uh, this ESA was worth 12.5 million. That's why I'm saying we raised 12.5 million dollars. Uh, fortunately, right now this ESA isn't worth much more. Now it's in the range of 60, 70 million dollars. Yep. And we we still hold the ESA. How do you? Okay, yeah. So that, that makes good sense. Um, so basically, you, you you're selling these tokens, and the token value changes based off kind of the value of Ether or whatever the the blockchain is that it's connected with. Is that accurate? It's two things. So, so the token is now separate from from the ESA. So the token has its own value, uh, and those tokens are trading currently at two hundred forty dollars each, something like that. Um, and the ESA, and and I mean, we we collect ESA and we sold a bit already for for fiat, so that we can pay uh, our our bills. But also, we we already pay most of our expenses in Ether directly. So we pay our employees in Ether, for example. When you do want to convert like Ether to like real dollars, what like what tool do you use to do that? Do you use Coinbase. Um, other exchanges um, like Kraken. Name, yeah. name a few of them. Yeah. So Kraken. 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 I'm how not do you sure spell how it? to pronounce. K R A K E N. Okay dot com um yeah and then also over the counter trading um what yeah. are, name name a few other though exchanges i want to research them so so there's kraken what are the other big ones well coinbase is a big one uh poloniex is a big one um 
those those are really the big ones okay all right and then so at, at least at least for europe and and the us so in china there are a bunch of other big ones but yeah we need we need dollars so <laughs> for how, euros. how are you i mean what's dri- in your opinion what's driving the increased value in crypto right now because your whole i mean the thing is this whole ecosystem is very dependent on each other if the value of kind of crypto keeps going up all the startups that have done kind of icos or or, or token issuances all they all go up everyone goes up but if it goes down it's also yeah. exponentially goes down so what's right. driving it right i mean it's a combination of many things so I think the foundation is this big vision, and the big vision is we, we will create something really big and something that is as big as the internet and has as big effects as the internet. Short term, of course, it's currently a bubble. There's, there's well, little question about it. So mm-hmm. currently it's uh, speculation, prices going up like crazy. Ether went up three or 4,000 percent this year. Um, or uh, in, in numbers, it was at the beginning of the year $10. Now it's at $320 or something like that. Um, so, of course, that's a big factor. Um, so, speculation is a big factor currently. Um, those token sales are a big factor for um, for Ether going up because people need Ether to participate in the token sale. Not do uh, token sales on, like, Bitcoin? Yeah, it's um, it, it happens, but most of them, or the token itself, is always issued, or almost always issued on, on Ethereum. Which is uh, a blockchain, right? With, which is a blockchain and with, uh, which is the blockchain that basically allows you to do uh, to execute arbitrary code so you can create any set of rules and and the thing that people did first <laughs> is apparently to, to organize those those token sales so yeah. for example our token sale was a was an auction and the whole mechanism of the auction was completely controlled um, by the blockchain so we, we didn't touch anything so everything was kind of done in a decentralized way. Back in, uh, let's see, back in episode 758, which was about a week ago, I had Anthony Delorio on, who was ex-Canadian kind of stock exchange, and he was one of the brains behind creating the Ethereum blockchain. Um, what? Why is Ethereum, because it sounds like the reason Ethereum has more hype right now than Bitcoin is Ethereum, the the, the blockchain, I guess, is, is more trusted or easier to use, and that's why these token issuances are, are choosing to use Ethereum blockchain versus Bitcoin blockchain. Why did Bitcoin miss out on that opportunity? It's really the easy, uh, easy to use, and but especially easy to use for developers. So for developers, if they have the idea, I, I want to build this and that, it's much, much, much easier to to build it on Ethereum. And this is why all those new projects um, build on Ethereum, and that's where where the hype is currently coming from. Interesting. Um, who gets if if crypto replaces all currencies in twenty years? Who, who gets mm-hmm. the richest? <laughs> um, well, my hope is that it uh, will will be uh, that people will be more more equally rich. Um, so I'm 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 even kind of as a side project. I'm working on a on a on a project where you where every person would uh, issue their own uh, currency essentially, and kind of people would just mutually agree to accept each other currencies. It's a concept called circles. So whatever we are trying to. Democratize uh, democratize uh, money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, what I'm trying to figure out is like I want to I'm I'm having a bunch of these injuries of people into the crypto world on and kind of pushing on like what I think might be limits on it to kind of understand where this might break like sure. be, because anything has to have supply and demand to drive some kind of value right and and somebody has to at some point lose or win or get more or get less what mm, is that I'm point? Not, I'm not I'm not agreeing with that I okay mean, so, so I tell me why you I, disagree. Well, I mean, the world is not a zero-sum game, so uh, you can have a world where just uh, everything is used more efficient and we just create more. Yeah, uh, but Martin, hold on, real quick, let me just put a, a kind of a constraint on this for a second. There is a true or false, there is a limited supply of like to tokens on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah, so if there's a limited supply, Somebody mm -hmm. is going to be better at collecting those than somebody else. So how do you make sure it stays even if your goal is to have everyone be less poor? Yeah, I mean, uh, so so that's why I'm uh, only I'm, I'm especially not very convinced of the Bitcoin model. So kind of you have this li limited supply and uh, then kind of the whole world is trying to fight uh, around that. So I'm kind of more in the or I think more of a world where Again, uh, as as uh, new um, as new people participate in an economy, um, they issue their own tokens, and and those tokens get get value. Um, and well, there is there. I mean, there of course there needs to be some limitations. If if, if you can issue unlimited <laughs> tokens and whatever, that, that, that's not going to work. But well, that's uh, the I don't key, though, right? I mean, like that's the key in a marketplace. That's where I'm trying to figure out wh where does it break. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you might as well might as well be a central bank, and you're essentially just printing your own currency, right? And the kind of equivalent would be, you know, inflation, right? Uh, yeah, and um, well, inflation uh, can or, or that that mechanism can be used in 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 useful ways. So. So inflation um, is is a good way to to finance a, a public good. So let's say you have um, so and so many people that uh, have the same token and mm -hmm. some some community around something, okay. and then uh, you want to finance the public good. You want to do something that uh, yeah finance the public good. So how do you pay for it? You mean uh, like a well, school? A school, or yeah. I mean, uh, ideally, a platform like Uber and all those platforms would also be public goods because uh, Uber, I mean, once it's it's built, the the marginal costs or the, or the operation uh, operating costs that's not what 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 made made it expensive to to build Uber. It's it's what's made made it expensive to build Uber is they spent billions on getting all the people paying for the marketing, paying to kind of buy everyone um, on their platform. So that's, in my opinion, the old model, kind of uh, Silicon Valley is raising tons of money to, to create a monopoly, get everyone on the same platform. In the new model, um, people, as they join, and so basically they are creating value by joining on the same platform, and, and then the platform has a network effect and is, is valuable, but in in essence, in my opinion, the people by joining, uh, by kind of agreeing on the same thing, that is where the value creation is happening. Yeah, and and this is um, and this is where tokens are super useful because uh, you can with, with a token you can uh, get incentives aligned and you can um, make this well this 
joining on something and this something can be money or that something can be okay we are all using uh, uber to order our taxis or this something can be we are all using this platform to buy and sell goods and or we are all using this platform to rent out our space uh, airbnb um so uh, so kind of letting everyone participate in this value creation so everyone who, who joins the platform and of course the early adopters will get a little bit more and those who join later will well well they 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 then still have to pay some fees yeah it sounds uh, like a network marketing scheme isn't that funny well, what yeah, you just well, articulated I mean, sure. you could have easily used that exact same definition for a network marketing scheme early people make the most money later people have to pay an additional fee to get in Right, but I mean um, that that's that's to some degree. I mean, well, that's how Uber works. So in the beginning, someone is paying two billion uh, investors, and in the end, kind of the users uh, should pay it. Uh, and, and you can make this curve much much flatter. So you can say the first users are, um, or I mean, they they they, they pay um, they pay their regular price plus. 20%, and then the later, and, and, and if, if more and more people join, well, then the early users get um, uh, get a bunch, uh, or get, get a little bit of that. So, I mean, yes. So Martin, let, me, let, me, let me ask you, I'm trying to understand like how values go up and down in crypto. So let's say you and I, it's 10 years from now, we both wanna build a school in a, a suburb in the United States in Indiana, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're a developer, I'm a developer. You do a token issuance for the school. But I do my research on you and I see what your token's being valued at and I go, I think I can build a school more efficiently and better than Martin. So I do my own token issuance for the same school. And are people that, I mean, am I am I framing this the right way? It could, I mean, is this like what's yeah. gonna happen? People are gonna have token issuances for the same thing and the value of one will be basically tied to the person who, issue, who, who set up the issuance? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what what needs to be part of the component is that there is value creation by um, by uh, kind of agreeing on on something. I, I'm not sure if I see this with a school. I certainly see this with with uh, all those platforms because again, those platforms are more valuable um, if well if you they have network effects and they are more valuable if more people um, join them. Um, your question about competing um, token issuances, competing issuance. Yeah, well, that's uh, that that will be very interesting to see. So can people figure out a way to later? So let's say you are creating the platform. I'm creating the platform. Can we find later a way to maybe join our tokens uh, and create the one platform? Or will it just be the usual competition? Winner takes it all. And at some point, the one platform is a really big one and the other one is completely ir irrelevant. Yeah, this is where I get stuck on crypto because what I tell what I hear are very good intentioned people like you telling me mm -hmm. this will decentralize everything. It will take the power away from the people who control everything for no reason other than they control and have a lot of money. Right. It gives power back right. to the people. But what I'm trying to figure out is when the crypto marketplace is more mature, there's going right. to have to be competition somehow. Otherwise, right. you just print right. unlimited tokens, which it doesn't right. work. So, like, I'm trying right. to figure out who wins and who loses. Right. And my right. if you're if you're if your answer is, Nathan, if there's two competing token issues or issuances, the goal would be to get those two people that are responsible for them to figure out if they okay. can agree and come together. But okay. the, forget that. OK, for, forget that. Let's say there's competition and we have one winner. The difference is still um, that right now, 
Um, so you have still one winner and you have still someone who's then making a lot of money and, and collecting the fees, just, right, just uh, like today. Still, the difference is um, that if we have Uber today, then they have complete control over the platform. So they can tr change the rules um, li like they want. They can raise the fees uh, like they want. With a decentralized platform, you can structure it in a way um, that you restrict yourself. So you create this platform and you put in a fee. So you put in a whatever, uh, some fee, but you don't have the control over um, changing that fee. So if you then later you are the monopoly and you are the, the, the big one, then you cannot, I mean, you, you still connect this fee, but you, you don't have 100% control about it and can then just price extract rent. Surge yeah, pricing. Yeah. Right. And you right. can be able to do stuff like that. I mean, okay, surge pricing is, is uh, it might, might be useful in, in, in a context, um, but you, you can't just kind of leverage your position as a monopoly to uh, increase fees in general. What if you're making the platform more valuable at the same time and people are happy to pay more? Well, I mean, it depends on your governance mechanism, but um, you could have a governance mechanism that allows you to change. But the novel thing is that you can actually do a governance mechanism that does not allow you to change the thing. And that's, that's really powerful. Interesting. So, give, uh, give you just one example. So I personally would never build let's say around the API of, of, of another platform. So let's say Twitter, because they can change the rules anytime. They can mm -hmm. shut it down. And, and even if they have well intentions and they want to say, okay, we will never change the rules, I would not trust them. I cannot trust them because it's just a well public company with they, yeah, they I understand. Have now, right. And, and, and now you can, now you can make commitments that others can trust because you can give away power to it decentralized thing. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year -year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Many of you know I am buying companies that I really, really like, and there's no quicker way for me to get to the bottom of what is happening on that website than using this tool called nathanlatka.com forward slash hot jar, H-O-T-J-A-R. It basically will give me a recording, okay? When anybody lands on the website, it'll give me a recording of where the viewer is scrolling, and obviously does the basic stuff like heat maps too, but I learn so much about where the users are scrolling and clicking on my site using that tool. It helps me increase conversion rates, make more money and grow those businesses faster. And we'll have to see what happens with those businesses, but I'm buying them, I'm buying them very quick and I'm using nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar for all of my website analytics. You can too, I work with them, it's totally free. You can go to nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar. No credit card required, again, use it as much as you want. nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar. I'll see you there. Interesting. Okay, Martin, this is 
been really valuable. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book or favorite crypto book? <laughs> uh, I uh, haven't read a book in the last 10 years. So I'm more into blog posts and podcasts. And that what, stuff. What's, what is the resource that you read the most related to block, uh, blockchain or podcast or crypto? Uh, Reddit is a good source. Twitter I got good sources. Number, and, uh, number yeah. two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I like I like some VCs, so Union Square Venture are doing great things, but um, no specific CEO. I thought the whole point of crypto is to like make VCs be powerless. It's ironic that you name a VC as someone you're following. Well, they're embracing this stuff, so... <laughs> Yeah, it got it. Yeah, but their goal is to make money, right? Which is again, this I mean, is why that, it's so that, interesting to me. That's that's nothing wrong with uh, wanting to make money. I well, see, want but to that's make money the whole, as well. That's the whole. This is where I get stuck on crypto, right? Because everyone I talk to talks about it gives power back to the people. It democratizes everything. But ultimately, there is still people are going to get rich off this thing. And I'm trying to decode who's going to get rich and why. And the response always is, "Well, Nathan, no one's going to be rich. It's just everyone's going to be better," which I just call bullshit on, <laughs> right? And try and understand. So that's helpful. Number three is their favorite online tool you have. So specifically in the crypto world? Um, Slack, we, I mean, Slack, Trello. Slack just has a terrible pricing mechanism for big public teams. <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, so I have two daughters under two right now. Wow. <laughs> so uh, less than six. Okay, and, and what's your situation? Married, single? Married and two okay. uh, Married two and, and two daughters. And how old are you, Martin? 31. 31. All right, last question. Take us back 11 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, well, a lot of things, but um, hmm. I, 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 I'm pretty happy with, with the way it went. So you know, it's, not, it's not a regret that you have. It's not something you would change. Okay. It's just what's, a, what's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, just looking earlier into, into game theory and... Uh, uh, economics. Awesome. There you guys have it from Martin, founder of Gnosis. Again, really playing actively in the crypto space. He come on, uh, raised, uh, sold 4% of a Gnosis in a token issuance, uh, depending on the value of Ethereum at any time when you're valuing it, you know, 12 million bucks, maybe 50 million bucks, depending on what it's at. But actively playing in the space, uh, really trying to decentralize things like sports betting. So we'll see how it goes. Martin, I appreciate you coming on and, and coaching us up, teaching us about a crypto. Thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed Martin today, go back and listen to Nick yesterday. With $10 million raised, they're well on their way to being the system of record for chief operating officers around the world. 